Hello guys, this week I want to take you back to the summer of 2006 when a film starring Nicolas Cage, Julia Roberts, Paul Giamatti, Meryl Streep hit cinemas nationwide, even worldwide even. Um, And that film was not a comedy drama directed by Alexander Payne talking about the the plights of middle-aged balding men and trying to find love post-divorce and just really thinking, what does it all mean? Why are we here having existential crises whilst trying to taste the delights of fine wines in the wine regions of Northern California? No, this is an animated feature called The Ant Bully. And As always, this is Caged In, and I know nothing about this film this week. This is one I didn't even know this film existed before I started this podcast, and then had to buy it on DVD. Um, Let alone did I know that Nicolas Cage would be a voice in it. Do I know whether he's a big part in it? No. Do I know if he's a small part in it? No. Uh, I have no bloody clue um so what to expect nothing really i'm not expecting anything um i don't know not that i am like the voice on animated films but this isn't one i'd heard of i'd heard of ants i'd heard of a bug's life but the ant bully escaped my radar um so as always i just want to say uh here before we get on with proceedings to uh get on get on apple podcasts i think they call it now they've 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 they don't, they don't like it being called itunes get on there rate review and subscribe uh tell a tell a friend to to rate review and subscribe that'd be good if they like nicholas cage if they if they like shit films if they like an idiot just talking into a microphone in his lounge um yeah, definitely, definitely getting on board. Uh, last week's episode was really fun. Uh, the Weatherman with Bob. Uh, sorry again about the audio quality on that episode. I, yeah, I fucked up big time. But I can assure you that this week's one will be a lot better. And I'll say it now as well. Next week's episode, which I'm actually recording tomorrow, will be... Uh, for the wicker man i have two guests lined up um just in case they don't turn up for some reason i will not say who they are because that will be bloody embarrassing um so let's move on over to my good friend in the anagram corner or just just actually he's not on a, not in a corner he's in the world wide web and that place on the world wide web he is is on twitter at 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 thomas underscore underscore hunter and the anagram he has provided for the ant bully this week is hate bluntly we will find out if i do hate this film bluntly shortly um i can't really think of anything else that that would apply to it just might be my opinion of this film 
and I hope I don't hate it. I don't. I don't. I don't look to hate any of these films. More than anything, I really want to enjoy them because otherwise, it's just putting my mental state in a place of um, unease and insecurity of where it is going to go. Am I going to have a mental break? Um, which brings me on to the point of this is Nicolas Cage's second foray into the animated world. His first foray was in the Christmas Carol the movie, I believe it's called, um, an animated version of the Charles Dickens story um which came out in like 99 or 2000 which I was meant to cover just before Christmas but I took the month of December off so I'm probably going to hold it out until next year and for those of you who don't know I took December off because I felt this podcast was getting to me and I had a bit of a funny five minutes that lasted a whole bloody month so I was like let's just take it off regroup and I slightly regret that because I think uh, a man unhinged just really spiraling out of control as his mental health deteriorates would have really hammered home the point of this podcast does watching these films make me a lunatic like the man himself well there's only way one way to find out and that is to get raging ho <laughs> let's start off with one thing and that's by saying this is not a good film if you've ever thought about what would happen if a bug's life met honey i shrunk the kids in which a child is forced to do some weird kind of ant community service just to be taught a lesson about bullying which they ham up right at the end well John A. Davis, the creator of Jimmy Neutron, has done that for us in Warner Brothers' first um, CGI animated film. Uh, Looking at the IMDb trivia, this film was actually the first animated film to be in IMAX 3D. Which reminds me of when I worked in a cinema in Crawley and they first installed the IMAX, the film to premiere on that screen was John Carter. Yes, John Carter of Mars, the Taylor Kitsch box office flop, which was set to set up many a sequel, but was stopped dead in its tracks. Um, I imagine like that, the ant bully was squished out before it had chance to multiply into an entire colony of ant bully films because oh boy oh boy it is not a good film so what happens ladies and gentlemen well what doesn't happen this film sets up kind of morals and a moral lesson that i imagine even eight-year-old children who i guess are probably the target audience for this would not find um useful in any way because it is so ham-fisted and you're spoon-fed so much of this is morally wrong to pick on people who are smaller than you but right at the end they go and fuck it all up 
But there's a lot of fucking up done up until that point. And right now, guys, here is a segment which I did not intend to create, but has happened to be so entitled What the Fuck Happens. So this film opens on an ant carrying what I imagine is half of an M&M. And you kind of get a, a montage of ants just going about their business doing their thing and it looks like a poor man's bug life bugs life right from the get-go and then we see a mystic wise ant by the name of zock voiced by none other than nicholas cage and he is looking for an ingredient for a potion that he is trying to create his life's work and it kind of tries to set up this kind of comical moment where he's waking up a load of ants and stuff like that but just falls flat um and then we have in the real world the human world a child being given an atomic wedgie for those of you at home who do not know what an atomic wedgie is that is when uh they try to pull the pants up over the shoulders really driving it home the standard wedgie maybe halfway up the back is where you want the pant line to end up an atomic wedgie is all the way over the head and in doing so these bullies who are bullying poor little lucas peanut to his mum his pants snap and he's like guys cut it out that is like i'm running out of pants here it's like gore Bloody hell, how many atomic wedgies are you getting that you're running out of pants? Or, in the first place, how many pants did he have? These are questions I found myself asking myself, which were besides the point of the film, because I did not care what happened to little Lucas. Um, There, he is getting, like, dogpiled, and he lands on a shit ton of ants as well when he is thrown to the floor. And it's kind of like, this is not really addressed, like, the mass killing of ants. Obviously, they are personified. They have little faces. They have Nicolas Cage's voice. And they are being wiped out left, right, and center. There's not really, there's no sad moments about that. It's like, it just fucking happens. I feel that if this was in the hands of Pixar, they would have put a bit more gravity into the mass killing of insects and given them a lot more likability well they've already done it they did it with bugs like what am i saying if it were it already bloody has been years earlier i imagine when was bugs up 1998 or something like that i should have done a little bit of research on when that actually came out and the ants call lucas the destroyer and one of the things he does to get such name is once he has been bullied by this ragtag band of sids from toy story he grabs a water bottle and sprays it at the ants just to take out his frustrations and the bullying that is bestowed upon him he just filters it down to a life form that is lower than himself i kind of like i kind of get that it's kind of a classic trope with bullying they always say a bully is bullied themselves that is why they punch down and never punch up um the kids parents are going on holiday little lucas's parents are going on holiday and i found a uh 
found this scene to be very disturbing because the mum's being very lovely to Lucas, like trying to get him to like engage with them to say goodbye, and all Papa, you never you never find out his parents' names. Uh, don't work his shit. They they're going on holiday, and the dad is obsessed with just like I want to. I think the exact line is I want to spend some quality time with Mama Sita. Which, to me, I'm not sure if it's my corrupted adult mind, but just sounded like Lucas's father saying, I want to get the fuck out of here and pile drive your mum. Hardcore. hardcore. I want to I wanna go down, down to pussy town, is what his dad was essentially saying. And because they are going to Mexico, everything their dad says has a kind of Mexican inflection or like a Spanish inflection to it. So it's like, oh, mamacita, they're the children us. And it's it's very weird. It's very peculiar. And he is being left with his older sister, who, as you can imagine, is just the stereotypical um, teenage gal, just obsessed. With, well, you, you, she's in it for like one scene. Um, you do not care about any of the human characters in this film. And you care even less about the tiny insect characters in this film. I feel fucking crazy for talking about this with any kind of gravity because it does not deserve it. Um, I'm ta- oh. I I can kind of see the absurdity. Oh, fucking hell, I can't even pronounce that word. I see the absurd nature, let's say it like that, of me talking about this film in a deep and meaningful way as if it was supposed to be taken. I am a 26-year-old man. I am not a 8-year-old child. Again, who this film was probably intended. But here I am giving this film a deep analysis. It does not deserve at all. Um, So, moving on with the plot, we have... Uh, oh, what's his? I fucking forgotten his name already. Um, Z- Zock making a potion and it is not going well. It just seems to every time he seems to do it wrong. Instead of like I don't know, just a puff of smoke and a, pfft, it's just a fart noise every time he gets it wrong. Like just there's a lot of they use they seem to use fart noises for stuff that does not deserve it in this film. There's not a single fart. In this film, there is just fart noises for stuff that isn't farts. I just... It perplexes me. Maybe they think, like, a younger audience will find the sound of a fart funny. Like, I would sound... I I, I often find the sound of farts funny. Um, But not in the context of a potion being a dud. Um, The head of the council comes in as well, a very stern-looking ant, and he is talking to Zok about what is the plan of action. How are they going to get the destroyer down to their level? How are they going to teach him a lesson? And uh, initially, their plan is to kill him. Uh, They kind of, they want to just, yeah, team up, like all the ants, the whole Connolly get together and fucking kill him. And in steps Hover, who is uh, played by Julia Roberts, uh, the lovely Julia Roberts, who uh, I saw from the IMDb trivia, also voices the uh, voice of another 
insect in that of Charlotte's Web. She plays Charlotte, the titular character of that film, and she plays a spider. I guess it was a slow day on IMDb trivia that day for them to add that in. And I don't know why I just added it into the podcast just now, but I read it, so you're going to bloody hear it, guys. Um, she has the plan to just talk to him. A mediator, a nice, like, let's just have a nice little chat. Maybe we can reason with the little fella. And the parents then leave, so Lucas is left with his grandma, who is obsessed with aliens she has got like an alien t-shirt on she's got a kind of all these gizmos and gadgets to fight aliens if they are to invade them at any point uh this is not really brought up any further than that there is no like prank to like or or any any yeah i, I just don't i just don't get the alien thing it's just kind of shows that she is susceptible to things being very strange which makes sense when um the plot of this film progresses as things occur. Um, so the next day, Lucas is on the front lawn just flooding the anthill with a hose because he is a fucking little shit, basically. At this point, Lucas, no, 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 no. I do not like you. I watched this film with my girlfriend. She did not like you. She verbally said, no, 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 Lucas, you a very bad boy. She didn't say those words, but to that effect, probably what a little shit is more along the lines of what was said about Lucas. Um, and Zuck, Zock finishes his potion at this same time, just as the anthill is being flooded and he is nearly washed away as is Hover. And this weird little, I don't, I don't know what insect, like a tick or something like that, that seems to be Zock's sidekick who manages to save the potion as they wash into a lower chamber of the hive. And um, an exterminator turns up to speak to Lucas, which brings me to a very strange point in this film. Um, The exterminator goes by the name of Stan... was it? Um, Beagle? I think it's Stan Beagle. Yeah, and he is voiced by Paul Giamatti. So, in regards to the voice cast in this, as I said in the intro, so we have Nicolas Cage, whether you think he's good or bad. He's Nicolas Cage. He's, like, just come off the back of uh, The Weatherman. He's come off the back of National Treasure. He's he's still flying high in regards to uh, a lot of things. I'm not sure if this was a kind of, let's do one for the kids or something like that, but we have Nicolas Cage, Paul Giamatti, as I just stated, uh, Julia Roberts, bloody Julia Roberts, guys, um, and um, uh, Meryl Streep as well, the darling Meryl Streep, uh, the Iron Lady, obviously, right now in the post out in cinemas, uh, not seen, I'm yet to see, I bloody want to see it, I like Meryl Streep, which actually brings me to a point that this film is produced by Tom Hanks, also a star of The Post, and I do not know why he, uh, or what dirty secrets 
Hollywood and especially John A. Davis has on Tom Hanks for him to agree to produce this film in any capacity because it is not good. Um, And Bruce Campbell as well. We have the voice of the very animated Bruce Campbell. A, like, oh, the darling. He is, he is, Bruce Campbell is fantastic. Uh, Those of you who don't know who he is, shame on you. He is Ash from the Evil Dead and uh, Bob Hotep. He is just, uh, he's like a Sam Raimi's best friend. He's got cameos in all three of the Sam Raimi Spider-Man films. And is very, very charming and charismatic screen presence. And when his voice does appear in this, it is a delight to the ears. And also his character is a bumbling buffoon. So he is kind of a bright spark in this somewhat dull and uninspired film. But back to The Exterminator. This brings me to a point that I have a lot of problems with. The Exterminator is smoking a cigar. That is not something I have a problem with. I smoke cigarettes myself, but I do not feel the need to do it around children. I think that's a bit irresponsible, but it's obviously to show he is a very bad man. He has rotting teeth. Uh, He looks rank as fuck. But gets Lucas to sign a contract for him to do extermination work on their house and garden. No, no, no. That is not how this works. I, I, the, the legal ramifications of a child signing a contract does not work. And Stan Bloody Beagle should know this. And somebody, one of the neighbouring parents, some of the concerned citizens, I'm surprised they didn't have a bloody neighbourhood watch for anyone to come out and go, Oi, oi creepy exterminator man stop talking to that child and for one the contract would be null and void for a child to sign and he goads him into signing it as well he's like oh your dad said um i would get like he would sign it but he forgot to before he went on holiday and he said lucas he's a man now he's a man he can sign it and lucas i must be a bloody man if my dad said i'm a man so I've got, I've got to sign it, and he doesn't know that he's signing away the life of these poor, innocent ants who would soon become his friends. So that night, Zock creeps into, uh, crawls into Lucas's bedroom and drops the potion in Lucas's ear. And Lucas is shrunk down to the size of a fucking ant. Um, which brings about a very weird scene of Lucas sliding down his bed completely naked. And um, all I kept thinking was, is there going to be an animated cock shot here? Uh, again, it might be my corrupted adult mind thinking of this. But luckily, there is no ant cock. Uh, ant cock? A child cock, an animated cock. Oh, bloody, stop saying cock. <laughs> and then he is taken to the hive and uh, the colony is just kind of throwing him around and they spray him with this weird... I mean, you think, like, it's some weird ant spunk and he manages from the ant spunk to form a pair of pants and is taken to ant court 
straight away marched in front of a jury and they are not happy. At first, <laughs> they want to kill him and then they want to eat him. And one of the charges he is called up on is for pissing on ants. What a little shit, Lucas. Why are you going around pissing on bloody ants, you little shit? And they decide that the person to make his um, judgment on what will happen to little Peanut, little Lucas, the bloody ant destroyer, is to call upon the Queen. The darling Meryl Streep appears for one of two lines she has throughout the film. It says, the boy must learn to become an ant. And through this he will learn that we are nice people. And once he has learned to be an ant, he will be able to join his family again. So he is essentially given community service to work amongst the ants, to become an ant, to lift things ten times his body weight, which I don't think would apply scientifically if you shrunk down a human, because an ant is in their genetics to do so. A human child shrunk down to that size would only be able to carry the equivalent of what they could carry at the size they are when they are full-sized. And, um... Yeah, that's a bloody flaw, John A. Davis. Hey, you didn't fucking think of that, did you, mate? Um, and, yeah, so uh, Hover agrees to teach him the ways of the ant. And the next morning, uh, he is woken up and he's trying to escape. And Hover, like, accosts him, like, well, you've got to learn what to do. We're the only ones who have the key for your release. We've got you down, boy. And uh, she makes a passing comment about his gender and has a little peek at his dick, which I thought was a very, very weird moment of the film. And the like, it sets up here that he's going to have to like do multiple lessons to kind of like put through like a trials of strength or just ant-like things to do, and he will learn the error of his ways. And they set this up by saying, right, first lesson is foraging. And then we get the introduction of Fugax, who is played by Bruce Bloody Campbell, who is just this kind of like bumbling war hero who is scared at the sight of his own shadow. Uh, very, very entertaining uh, moment. And he's kind of like saying, oh, I've been across the uh, uh, like flat stone which Lucas like, well, that's the fucking road, mate. And he's like, the humans, they move in their metal cocoons. Like, that's a bloody car, mate. Um, and then Lucas fails his team's task in the foraging race because he is stubborn and does not take help and cannot climb up sheer walls. He cannot climb up 90 degree. Like, he can't climb, like, no one can, a human can't do that. It's like, fucking, like, I don't know how they expect him to be. He can't just become an ant. He is still a human boy. But, <laughs> I don't, again, I don't know why I'm giving this film so much, like, gravitas and 
Oh, so much analysis into every tiny detail. I am a fucking idiot for doing this. Um, then they are attacked by a load of wasps. They are the weirdest looking wasps I have ever seen. I actually had to look on Google after watching the film to find out what they are meant to be. And apparently they are wasps. They look like flies to me, but apparently they are wasps. The ants then fight back and battle in shoes and um, they shoot them with the weird ant spunk. And Lucas manages to defeat one of the wasps by lighting a banger that was left like a firecracker that was left in his front yard. And obviously it's hidden amongst the grass. And he does so by grabbing a shard of glass and lighting the end of the firecracker and blows up a wasp. But someone was in the vicinity and was nearly blown up. And that was an unhappy Zock. He is not a happy boy. He's like, Lucas is selfish. He's human. He only cares about himself. He is not one of the colony. He does not care about anyone else. And then that evening with, um, oh, what's his name? Fuzak or Bruce Campbell, Julia Roberts, and another ant. Um, Lucas eats a load of shit basically from a larvae or something like that. He just eats some poo and then is shown some hieroglyphs talking about the mother ant, saying that all ants came from one ant, the queen of queens, and also amongst these glyphs is the smoke breather. And Lucas recognises the smoke breather to be the exterminator and he is shook to the core and says we must go back to the house i must call off the exterminator and then they move on back to the human nest as they call it and upon entering they are met with a difficulty that is his mum has shag pile carpet and it would take them weeks to get from the front door to the kitchen but then, by some type of video game magic, there is a load of fans and a plant right near the door that manage to they pull the uh, petals off of the plants and hang glide their way to the kitchen. Um, one of the things like th- I saw as well that this was turned into a video game and this scene just reeked of it. I could just imagine having to really like oh yeah (laughs) having to hang glide through or make it to that fan that will propel you to the next stage and i was just like oh it's very lazy it's not very good and um one of the things they're going to get in the kitchen the reason he has managed to get ants to join him is that there are jelly beans and the ants love jelly beans apparently and specifically jelly belly jelly beans which are a nice big bit of product placement because obviously they're the size of ants and the jelly beans are fucking massive Um, whilst in the kitchen lucas tries to call the exterminator but gets the number wrong and calls a pizza parlor and there is a kind of back and forth where lucas thinks he is 
cancelling the exterminator and they think he is ordering a large tomato pizza and then they can't he's like no i want to cancel and they're like oh you want to cancel the large pizza and apparently it's supposed to be hilarious i did not laugh a single fucking time um then lucas's sister comes in and spots zorgag or zubla old bruce campbell pushing a jelly bean across the desk and she is not happy she is freaked out and tries to swat him with the telephone and um then grandma comes in because she had seen when lucas was shrunk down to an ant she had seen him through some binoculars that he was shrunk to the size of an ant and thought nothing of it did not plan to try and find him or anything like that was like you know what, I'm into fucking aliens. This is completely fucking normal. What are you on, you crazy old lady? Um she's like, No, 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 don't don't do it. Don't 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 hit him with a phone. You might kill Lucas. And uh, the ants escape down the plug hole of the sink and uh the grandma shouts after Why take him? Take me, abduct me, probe me which I feel says something about her um Sex life, that she is into some kind of weird alien grandma role play, which I do not want to get into right now. Um, when they get back to the other ant, Zock is not happy. He kind of see a bit of jealousy in him, that he is jealous that Lucas is spending so much time with Hover, and he kind of wanted to study i don't know he's the one who fucking shrunk him down he is he just does not like lucas but i feel that at some point maybe because i know that they're going to soften to one another and unite to take down forces bigger than both of them so zock shows lucas the potion that will make him big again and like a cold-hearted motherfucker tells him, this is the last time you're going to see this because you are never going to become an ant and you are going to stay like this forever. What a fucking arsehole. It feels like the filmmakers did this. Like, you thought Lucas was a fucking arsehole. Wait till we show you what Zock's got up his fucking ant sleeve. Well, it's a real fucking dickhead move. This sends Lucas off to try and find refuge with maybe another insect maybe a beetle will take him maybe a mollusk will take him maybe um a glowworm will take him maybe anyone will take him no he does not manage to find refuge with someone else he manages to find refuge in the stomach of a frog and um this brought me to possibly one of the funniest moments of the film just the kind of like inhabitants of the frog's stomach they're kind of like this ragtag bunch of like new york speaking other insects and there is a uh, funny gag with one guy going look at harry he's always smiling he's always smiling and then like pulls him up and he's just a fucking head he's been decapitated he's dead that's why he's smiling and it's great um zock then decides to get swallowed by the frog as well but has this kind of, it's called Alka root, which I imagine is kind of a play on like 
Alka-Seltzer or something like that because it reacts with the frog's stomach acid and makes it burp and burps up all the insects and they are out. So Zoc might not be a bad guy after all. Lucas and Zoc, I imagine this is a moment that the filmmakers were patting themselves on the back about because they sit upon a mushroom and talk about why like humans are like they are he's like Zoc asks Lucas like do you guys all work together and like all for the greater good and Lucas explains that no we don't we just kind of it's every man for himself and um certain people work together and Zoc's like oh why, why is that and Lucas explains that maybe it's the differences amongst people that they don't work together and Zoc explains that it's the differences that make people work together well. That you have a forager, you have all these different attributes. You have like a builder. A um, I don't. It seems like it seems like Zoc is very much promoting a, a hard communist state, whereas um, Lucas is very much like got a capitalist capitalist mindset. I feel like uh, a point maybe a bit too strong for child minds and something that, I don't know, they had tried to set up so far a moral lesson of bullying and they're just trying to, um, I don't know, push some other stuff. Just going, oh, you know what's cool about ants? They all work together. Let's, let's, let's kind of, let's get a bit of uh, Marxism in there or, or something. Let's get some real, let's get some real communist red stuff going on um not that i'm i don't know before or against it uh, i'm not gonna get into politics right bloody now and then they fall asleep on top of the mushroom that's the way to get out of that just say what happens in the film um they sleep upon the mushroom and then the next morning they think that the ant mother has arrived because they see an ant a massive ant with a halo coming across the horizon but what they don't see is what is below that ant. And it is Lucas who sees it. It is not the ant mother. It is the smoke breather's van. Yes, it is old Paul Giamatti. Stan Beagle Boo Hiss. He has come to wreak his savage, savage revenge amongst the ants the bugs the insects because they might have wronged him when he was younger we don't fucking know he's just a very bad man then lucas and zoc formulate a plan to go talk to the wasps because as a united front they can take down stan beagle they can really take him down they can fucking get him they can put the potion in his ear they can bloody get him they can shrink him down to size they can show him the error of his ways he can be the next test subject in their crazy ant court he can go on ant community service maybe ant bully 2 would have been the battle of stan beagle it would have been stan beagle the Ant-Man. Um, sorry, I've kind of fucking lost it there a bit, no. Um, <laughs> but they try to go to battle with Stan Beagle. Uh, they try and find different ways to get him. But 
he is wearing headphones so they cannot get in his ear and uh, Lucas nearly is trapped by Stan Beagle's like spray he's just got this big old smoggy darkness that is coming upon all the insects and he manages out of nowhere to be able to climb up a vertical post whilst carrying a wasp on his back and in that moment has truly become an ant because he's not thinking about himself he's thinking about the colony and then him and Zock are back a um, wasp managed to put the potion on a wasp stinger and at this moment a beetle carrying a glowworm is climbing up the leg of Stan Beagle and they find something which they describe to be a vulnerable spot which happens to be bad man Stan's cock and they sting it which stops him from spraying the anthill and in this moment with the stinger of the wasp laced with potion it shrinks Stan down to what only I can describe as a deformed small person um yeah, like he looks like Beetlejuice, and I'm not talking the Michael Keaton uh, Beetlejuice. I am talking the Beetlejuice, uh, famous for being on the Howard Stern show, the um, very odd and sometimes entertaining man. Um, I will 100% post a picture of Stan Beagle next to Beetlejuice as soon as I stop recording. <laughs> And um, he like he doesn't shrink down to ant size, which is something I was very unsure of. Um, but then he kind of has developed a high-pitched voice, even though Lucas managed to keep his voice. He is this weird little deformed little man and uh, rides off on a child's um, tricycle. And they have got the best of Stan Beagle. Uh, Lucas then is anointed as an ant. He is given the name uh, Roy Kai by the Queen and his community service is over. And then he is reunited miraculously with his family as his parents have just, in the nick of time, come back from holiday. And his grandma and si- well, his sister had no fucking idea that he was missing this whole time. Just assumed that he was in his room playing on his Game Boy, which had managed to keep battery life for two days. I want to know what fucking batteries that little shit had. And can I get some, please? Um, and then he is playing on his front lawn, and he's learned the error of his ways as well. He had said to his parents, like, he said, Mum, I'm so sorry I forgot to say bye to you before you left. So I'm saying it now. And um, everyone's happy. They're united, and maybe, maybe Lucas has learnt the error of his ways. And then the next day, the bully arrives with his ragtag band of other bullies. Or are they bullies? Are they just bullied by him? So instead of join, like instead of being bullied, they just join in with the bullying of little Lucas. And it's in this moment Lucas stands up to the bully. I thought, great, this is a great moral lesson for children. And he like stands up and says, "You can't, you can't bully me just because I'm small. I may be small, but we're all small. 
and together we're big. And then I thought, oh, ho, ho, ho. This is a bit of like moral ambiguity in that this is like to me, like teaching children not to like not not to just stand up to your bully and say, No, enough is enough. We're not going to we're not going to like play along with your games anymore. We're not all gonna like bully because they f- then threaten the bully. They're like, Well, we're gonna fucking smack you, mate. Which is just just teaching children in my eyes that what you should do is is just band together with a load of people. If someone's bullying you, just band together with a load of other people who's bullying, and then fucking kick the shit out of him. And that is a way that you will be able to get one up on him. And I feel like that is that is not the not the lesson they would set out to intend, and it is just handled very sloppily and very badly. And then Lucas gives the ants a load of jelly belly jelly beans and they love it and then it fades to the credits and um, that is it for the ant bully and a line that comes up a lot in this film is when the word impossible is mentioned a lot of the time especially to Zock the word impossible is mentioned and his, uh, his response is impossible a wizard does not know such word. Um, yeah, did I mention that he's a wizard? So, as if it wasn't strange enough that you're these talking ants, you've got a wizard ant. You've got a wizard ant voiced by Nicolas Cage. Um, so, as I said at the beginning, this is not a good film. This is not, it's not even like, I don't know, I couldn't even imagine for children this being a good film. Uh, it seems quite boring, uh, it just seems it lacks it lacks kind of feeling it lacks emotion and it lacks like it lacks a real good story as i said like stuff like this in the hands of uh studios like pixar are great they have like they have heart they have meaning they have they have stuff that like transcends being a child it is just human and um yeah it's heartfelt even stuff, uh, even other animated films are like gag heavy. Like stuff like Shrek is just full of like jokes, 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 jokes that anyone can find funny. Like I felt that this film was just, bleh, it really missed the mark. Uh, the voice talent said, Nicolas Cage giving it his all. It's great to hear him like being so animated as this character. And um, yeah, it's a real different step for him to take obviously everything so far has been live action and nine times out of ten he leans more towards the more adult content in that like yeah most films are like um 15 or like r-rated movies whereas this is a i don't know like a, a you this is this is massively kid friendly and it's good to just hear nicholas cage enjoying himself as it does sound like a lot of the voice cast are doing, it's just a shame that the audience aren't enjoying themselves. So, that is what I think about this film. What is the scores on IMDb? So, they have given this film 5.9 out of 10, followed by a Rotten Tomato score of 63% and Common Sense Media... Um, I don't believe we have had a 
a score from them before. Give this a four out of five with a 78% liked this film of Google users. Well, Google users must be fucking idiots because these are no good. This is not a good film. If you have the choice to watch an ant-based animated film, I would 100% recommend A Bug's Life, or if not that, the Woody Allen starring Ants. So, as always, guys, I have been Petrus Patsilavis. I have been caged in. Join me next week when I will be talking about the film of films, the film that made Nicolas Cage the meme he is today. You bloody know it. Get them bees ready. Commandeer a bike. Dust off your bear suit. Because we're going to be raging real hard with Cage when we look at the Wicker Man. Yes, guys, it is going to happen. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm uh, getting the beers in, getting the boys in, and we're going to have a right old bloody good time. So as always, guys, you've been rad. Bye. This podcast is presented by the Breadcrumbs Collective, home of the Pod Charles Cinecast, Caged In Coppola Connections, a Town Limery, Maine, franchised, and many more to come. Our shows are all presented ad-free and made possible by listeners like you. Please support our shows by subscribing, leaving ratings and reviews, and becoming patrons at patreon.com. If you'd like to learn more about Breadcrumbs, head over to breadcrumbscollective.com. Breadcrumbs. It's more than a podcast network. It's family.